let us not forget how we got here. Can I say something, please? I have been on this podcast a number of times. Yeah. This is the third Barbara Streisand movie that I have discussed here. Oh, what, uh, so you did Star is Born. Star is Born. What was the other one? What was the other one? Oh, Yentl. Yentl. That's right. You and Carrie did Yentl. That's right. And I frankly resent that <laughs> I, one of the largest Barbara fans in the world. Okay. I've paid a lot of money to see her in concert yeah. numerous times. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And that I'm discussing these movies when she's done so many amazing things. Hello, gorgeous. Columbia Pictures is proud to present Barbara Streisand. Yeah? You're going to be a big star someday, Miss... Uh... Uh, Bryce, Fanny Bryce. The whole world will look at me and be stunned. You mean I'm high? I'm a Ziegfeld girl. That's exactly what you are. I'm a Ziegfeld girl. You planning to make advances? Presented in dye transfer technicolor. Look, why don't we uh, get married? <laughs> to put a beautiful wedding gown on a girl that's in the family way. Who would think of such a thing? Only one person I know. From legendary producer Ray Stark and four-time Oscar-winning director William Wyler. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, it's all right. I'm one of the eight beautiful girls, eight. Well, the makeup helps a lot. Barbara Streisand, Omar Sharif, Anne Francis, Kay Medford, and Walter Pidgeon. Funny Girl. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Maybe a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie. Starring everybody and me. There'll be heroes bold, there'll be comedy, and a lot of fuss that ends for us real happily. Welcome to the original cast of the movies as we kick off the year of Barbara and you just heard why so almost 11 months ago Roddy and Robbie came to do to kick off our year of sequels and biopics with a movie that is both a sequel and a biopic uh, which was Funny Lady and Roddy declared he had had enough (laughs) of me uh uh, underappreciating and and uh, or or simply putting him through his paces with the the substandard Barbara films and homophobic to, really and he wanted to do some some good ones and so that's what we're doing this year we're doing twelve Barbara Streisand movies um, I'm stopping in 1996 because I'm not gonna watch Meet the Fockers or the one she does in the car with Seth Rogen you just I'm not gonna do that um, so. Uh, but that it happens to be 13 films. If you go from the beginning of her career to 1996, it's 13 films she appeared in uh, that we haven't covered. And we're going to kick it off here 
for everybody. This is going out on the main feed, not just to patrons, but to everyone to hear about our kickoff for the year of Barbara as we talk about the 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 film she is i mean will forever be most associated with uh and the role she will forever be most associated with and the role that anyone else who plays it cannot escape her uh and that is fanny bryce and so we're talking about funny girl and to talk about it we have two people who have no notes uh (laughs) we have fan favorites perennial barbara fans uh on many levels some of whom have spent a lot of money to see her in concert apparently and we'll definitely talk about that it's <laughs> roddy flynn and robbie Rizell. hello Patrick. we're back mm-hmm. <laughs> roddy's so angry to just it's begin really, this is really funny for me can i say i have hold on i i have first of all I have something to say yes okay <laughs> and which is that for some reason I lied in that I've never once paid to see Barbara Streisand. I've seen her in concert three times. Didn't pay for a single one of those tickets. I didn't think you had. That was yeah. My, that was never paid note. for a single ticket. Right. I was never had one money. lesson. It was it was real. But you yeah, have seen her. In I've seen her in concert. I saw okay. her twice in DC and once in Brooklyn. I think. Well, oh, oh wow. Yeah, certainly once in Brooklyn, once in DC. Yeah, twice in DC, on two different tours, and so. Um, Anyway, I don't know why I said I paid for it. I did not. Sure. But someone did. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Somebody Roddy, paid a lot of money. A lot of money. You. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. famously, her t- her concerts cost a yeah. lot of money, like producers level money before that was a thing. Yeah. Um, we could Bobby, see- have, Robbie, have you ever seen the Ms. S in concert? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm a red blooded homosexual. <laughs> You probably own more Barbara Streisand t-shirts than than anyone I know. I would be willing that's, to wager. I would say that's true. Yeah. Uh, I like a certain artist. He's actually the background of what I have up here. Mm-hmm. Alejandro Mondo is his name. I wear him in a lot of headshots of me um, so that there's something else to look at other than my stupid mug. Um, and so I think the only Streisand t-shirt that I own that's not, that's like official merch though, was the... Uh, the live in concert at the forum, the sketch drawing of her with the long mm-hmm. hair. Roddy knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the only one. Everything else is just this artist who I happen to really like. And, you know, I wear his all sorts of like Carol Burnett in the curtains mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff all the time. But today you get Hello Gorgeous. Yes. Oh, there it is with the yeah. leopard print. Right there. Uh, yes. And we're talking about Funny Girl, which I think. I mean, Robbie, you said you have it memorized. Yeah. And uh, Roddy, do you also pretty much have it memorized? Uh, no, it's a long movie. Um, <laughs> it's a long movie. <laughs> it's a long movie. I was a little struck by how long it was, I will say. But every time I watch it, I'm completely entranced. I mean, I uh, last mm-hmm. time I watched it was a year ago before we did Funny Lady. I watched Funny Girl again. Right. That, I mean, I've probably seen it a dozen times anyway. And... Yeah, every time I'm completely, I, every time I'm kind of like, oh, this is like two and a half hours of my life and it goes by, you know. Like a dream. A snap. Well, when did Funny Girl fall into your life? Ooh. Uh, high school. Of no. my, my My dear friend, Megan, who... Um, who has been referenced before we started, but it, my a friend of mine from grade school was obsessed with Barbara, Str- uh, Barbara Streisand and, um, <laughs> like and introduced on me to her. Right. <laughs> M- Megan and I were in a production of the music man in grade school. And that's how we became friends. And she introduced me to all, all, all things, Barbara. And we, we, I think that was the first time I watched funny girl was with it her. It is not I, the first time you watch funny girl. 
Did I watch it as a kid? You did. You watched Funny Girl for the first time when you were 10 years old. Okay. With me and our parents and probably our brother. Um, when it was the spring musical at Slazy Annum School, and I was going to audition. Oh, so of course. The movie. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yes, 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 of course. Okay, yeah. the movie, the first time I saw it was with my, but yes, of course, yes. Well, I, the first yeah. time I saw it was when you were in it. That was, yeah. I thought would have seen four times because I always did, saw yeah. every, every show that you were in. Every show. Yeah, four every times. Beautiful. You were, you were there. We were, yes, because yeah. he didn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to though. I liked doing. You it. did. You really. Yeah. We did. We did. We did. This is the apex of my high school theater career. I think. <laughs> it's funny, girl. And it really is. I was. I was. Uh, I was Doolittle in My Fair Lady freshman year. I was Eddie Ryan junior sophomore year, and and then it was all downhill from there in the musicals. Um, but this was yeah. So we were. That was the first time I saw the movie when I was about fifteen, and then. Uh we did the show and I found that my, my memory of this is the show. It is not the movie. Mm, and I have to say one thing that I wish Roddy, I had watched this before we watched funny lady because yeah. funny lady makes a lot more sense after having watched this movie, because I was dumbfounded by funny lady having the musical in my head. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the movie, the way it is really, really about her and Nikki Arnstein and their relationship and how unhealthy and odd that is. Like then funny lady, her obsession makes a lot more sense to me, like the character, mm-hmm. the way they portrayed it. So that was what really struck me watching this was like, this is like, I get it now. I, re- I wrote down at some point, I get funny lady now <laughs> as I've been refreshed. But so yeah. how many times have you seen it, Robbie? Oh, I, it's it's in easily 30, easily. Wow. Um, I first saw it when I was 16 years old as a young gayling. Um, it was on TMC, uh, Turner Classic Movies had RuPaul on presenting his favorite musicals and they were Funny Girl and Gypsy. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, so yeah. he was Robert uh-huh. Osborne for the day. Um, and uh, I had a VHS of it. Uh, and uh, uh, taped from that. And I would watch it over and over and over again, specifically watching I'm the Greatest Star and Don't mm. Rain on My Parade over and over again because they are both expertly performed and shot. Mm-hmm. I love this movie so much. I see it on the big screen at least once a year here in New York. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I knew you'd done that. I didn't realize that was like an annual event. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't realize how on the big screen. I would love that. It's such yeah. a cinematic movie. It this was... is yeah. Yeah, I finally had the what you know HD 4K restoration to watch for this, and I was really like, "This is." Gorgeous. Several of my notes are still like, "This is a beautiful movie." Mm-hmm. It is so well shot. It is so well put together. It's so well acted. It's so dense. Was another yeah. sort of thing I didn't quite realize how many. I had heard, as you do, that like you know there were a lot of actors who were uh, upset because their parts had been greatly cut down. Yep. Um, and that and and you can sort of see, if you know that watching it, especially in the restoration, when you can see like all the corners of the screen, you can see those smaller parts being like, oh yeah, that's probably a whole another half hour of stuff they probably wrote and had to cut out because yeah, it, it's it's already two and a half hours long. It's a very long movie. Um, 
was the top grossing movie of 1968. I did not know that myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And was nominated for many Academy Awards. uh, So many. And only won the one for Barbara Streisand, which was a tie um, Mm -hmm. with another family favorite in the Flynn household, uh, The Lion in Winter. Noted musical theater actress. Yes, Catherine Hepburn. Um, And uh, yeah, Coco, where was that movie? And um, but wait, but you guys know that Barbara only won because she could vote for herself, right? Yes, she had done the requisite three movies that could get her into the academy, so she was able to vote for herself. <laughs> Otherwise, there would not have been a tie. Push her well, over. It assumes the that Hepburn voted for herself. A hundred percent. Yeah, which we don't know. If, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. She probably. I, I, I think that's in a ballot. You know, I think that's probably what she did. Yeah. I would say I can say she I, I can almost say with certainty she did not vote for Barbara Streisand. I would say I don't know who she voted for. She didn't vote for Barbara. So <laughs> she, yeah, this was I mean, 19, what, what, I was struck, at, you know, looking up the Oscars and, and the you know, the bunch of nominations they lost m- almost all of them. But I didn't realize. I mean, so the best picture that year was Oliver. Mm-hmm. So this was nominated for also best picture mm-hmm. other nominees the lion in winter romeo and juliet and rachel rachel which i was not aware of but those you know also out that year 2001 a space odyssey planet of the apes the producers the odd couple rosemary's baby thomas crown affair and chitty chitty bang bang and star the gertrude lawrence biopic starring julie andrews um oh, yeah. and uh i have to say all those movies i think are better than oliver so that was a little disappointing <laughs> to me. I agree with Sharon in the chat. Line of Winter is, I think, the best movie of those movies, of the ones that I've seen. Yes. It, yeah, sure. I would agree with that as well. I, I think mean, Funny Girl's is- amazing. I mean, get into this. Funny Girl's amazing. But the, I, to me, the worst part of Funny Girl is the book. When and Anthony the, Hopkins and Timothy Dalton sleep with each other. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's a weird moment. It is. It, it comes very out of left field. You know? Yeah, you don't see it coming. And I like it. I like that. The horse like off the, they, it's the thing, the horse gets off the train and they pan away and you're like, what's that? Oh, okay. I mean, oh. you, I like both these actors. Sure. Let's all see where this is going. Yeah. What were you saying? Sorry, Roddy. The worst part of Funny Girl. Was. Oh, is, is the, 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 the script and the story. I don't, I just don't, I don't, hmm. I don't know if I think Funny Girl is a very good show in and of itself, kind of, without Barbara Streisand. Well, it's not. I think we can, yeah. And also not just her, because you said there are great performances, and that's true, but, and it's not, she is certainly the entire movie. But also, I mean, I think Kay Medford is great. Like, I think there are great performances in the movie. It would be nothing without Barbara. It would be- Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Listen, I think- the the source material uh funny girl is like a it's like a b book with a a plus score like the score mm-hmm. is what propels it right and and a star turn um and without that star turn and barbara streisand sort of doing like what i call wallpapering acting where she's covering every crack every single crack. <laughs> just like this right to yeah. make it work oh yeah but she does uh-huh. and all through just innate ability you know because it was like the first major musical she had done, she had done like a supporting role prior to that, but like nothing really. And for it to be her first film and it to be that good mm-hmm. is almost unheard of now. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's it's right. Uh, 
it's it's not it's, it's worth remembering as Robbie as you pointed out that like she'd done you won a Tony for I can get it for your wholesale she did not win a Tony for it for I can get it for you wholesale she won a Tony nope yes. she did not yes. Phyllis Newman won what did um, she win a Tony for she won a lifetime achievement Tony am I am I wrong wow you are oh my gosh thrilled to correct the host of this please pod do because I time. thought well I thought she had won for for funny girl the no nope, she lost and she lost to carol channing yeah and famously just did the film because she was like oh, well yeah okay now it's mine right right i mean it's a very um uh who oh man i was gonna say somebody who took over a role in the movie and i can't remember who it was. i had a good good retort there and i lost it because i'm <laughs> just i'm i'm shocked by the fact you're right she did not win a tony for the, for that so that you're there you shocked go. by the fact that i'm right i'm shocked by the fact that i'm wrong let me put it more that way that's um, correct <laughs> Star of the decade Tony Award in 1970. Yeah, um, 1970, when she hadn't been on Broadway. <laughs> she's only done two shows so far. <laughs> Since 1964. Since 1964. Like, God bless. Go yeah. off. I mean, sure. <laughs> Feel it. They were know. like, how can we goose the ratings? Barbara Streisand. Yeah. But so she'd only done, she'd done, I can get for your wholesale, critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. And then Funny Girl. And that's it. And now she's. Yeah. On her way, I mean, she really did. I mean, the rises, and she was a rec- you know recording artist, ish, ish, yet not a huge you know star at that point. Roddy, hands up. What what? what yeah. Talk about live at the Bonsoir now, or, or we? <laughs> I feel like live at the Bonsoir should go all the way through the. It's, okay, it's actually just a live at the Bonsoir podcast. It's a live, yeah, we, we, we've 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 uh, we've Trojan horsed it in here. So what? So Roddy. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned before we started you wanted to talk exclusively about live at the Bonsoir. Can you introduce <laughs> that to our listeners and explain why? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for that question, Patrick. Um, <laughs> live at the Bonsoir is uh, it's a recording. It's I would it's, a, right. it's a uh, it's a way it's, of life. Really, it's a way, right? it's a way yeah. of a way of entering the world. <laughs> And I, okay, so what it is really is a uh, an original cast, well, not an original cast recording. It is, it is a recording that was made of Barbara Streisand over three nights, three nights, four nights at the Bonsoir, yeah. which is a, I'd never heard of it, but it was a club in New York in mm-hmm. 1962 and was never released. It would have been. It was her- meant, yeah, it was meant to be her first album. And then they went into the studio instead. And they, it was just released a month ago, about six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I had no idea it was coming. It just appeared one day in the New York times and I gasped and I, I assumed I'd missed it. Mm-hmm. I think it is the most moving experience I've ever had listening to an album. That's mm-hmm. not, it is. And I, you know, obviously that's because I have such a deep love for Barbara Streisand. But to me, it's it's all these a lot of songs that are not standards or were standards at the time, but aren't aren't what we would consider standards now. And it, you can hear how young she was and how the the way it's recorded or maybe the way it's mixed. I don't know about the sound thing. To me, I felt like I was looking at it, I was hearing it and perceiving it from the perspective of Barbara on the stage. Mm-hmm. It's a listener. And to match it up, and when I was watching Funny Girl last night, all I could think of was Live at the Bonsoir because she, it's just so her and yeah. her personality and her 
her perfectionism that clearly has been with her since she was 22, 23 years old or before. And it was, it's really magical. And I don't use that word lightly. I've listened to it a hundred times in the past six weeks. Listen, it's the, the vocals are so raw um, because she has, she's like through the years, right. Starting in the seventies and like, certainly by the 80s etc she had sanded away everything that was very unique about what she was doing but like that 1960 whatever was recorded 62 i think album is so raw but innate in her storytelling it's glorious all of streisand's 60 albums are they're the best albums but would you say sanded i'm not sure i'd use the words the phrase sanded away i might say distilled because it I do agree there's a lot more personality. Mm-hmm. And music I, I think Yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think the, I think I think she she I mean it, it it's that thing it's that issue I think sometimes with performers of finding your groove and then not being mm-hmm. able to swing out of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's what happened with you know, she she found her her lane that she liked. And then she just and it works with the audience and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not like it got stacked. It's not like it gets stacked, but it can become less. There's less less variation, less, uh, you know, quirk to it. I mean, possibly go on YouTube, watch any of her like talk show appearances from that time, specifically the Judy Garland show, et cetera. And there is like this electric performance that in later years, again, it, to my mind, has been sanded away to just create that level of perfection that she became noted for mm-hmm. instead of the raw sort of just from the gut singing that mm-hmm. is what excited us all in the beginning. Well, and it's, it's such a cool experience for someone that you would admire. I mean, I've listened to everything she's ever recorded that is published. Mm-hmm. And to go back and have something come out fresh, it, I just didn't know that that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that really, it, it really transports you to a different time yeah. through her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because it's before she was a star, but she is a star. You know, it, it makes you realize that there are some yeah. people and some artists who are just yeah. a star. Mm-hmm. naturally whether no even if she had never become who she is now that album is made by a star you know and it's yeah. it's an incredible i think it's really an incredible experience for anyone who has i agree even if you don't love I, even if you're not a full barbara fanatic i would still recommend listening to it because it really is a transporting piece of great set list mm-hmm. uh uh, uh, some standards, but like a lot of specialty material. Soon it's going to rain. Is yeah, Sharon and funny. I are chatting about soon. Soon it's going to rain in the chat. Like that's yeah. a that's a, a very interesting some, track. Is this? You two may know the sound is amazing. It must they must have done something now to make it. Right, yeah, recording. yeah. Like I don't know if, if just if the reason I was thinking that maybe if the reason it hasn't come out till now is because they're waiting for the technology or something to get to a place where it could be because it sounds phenomenal i mean really you've heard bits of it on like the just for the record Mm. box set which was my gateway drug to barbara streisand Mm. uh i met an older gay who said oh you must know this and 
handed me the box set and sent me on my way. And a week later, I returned with it fully mm -hmm. memorized um, and um, gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I think like a lot of strides and, you know, like the release me's and things like that. There's just like a ton of stuff that's in the vault and she's contractually obligated to put out an album every year with Columbia. And this is a great way to do it. And she's like, oh, I like it's right. in her mall under right. her, under in, her basement. in her house. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, I had this recording from the Bon Soir from right. 1962. And they just, and now, like, of course, you can mix it stunningly and it sounds crystal clear. It's great. Oh, yeah. Great. I wish I had like a real turntable and, you know, and speakers and all that. You know, that's not just like, mm -hmm. like, because I bet it's incredible if you if you have the right sound set up. Mm -hmm. I wish it was on vinyl because I would buy it in two seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Double. It'd be a double. Yeah. And it makes, much, yeah. to bring it back to Funny Girl, I think it makes, the, for me, the viewing experience of Funny Girl, the first time watching Funny Girl since listening to Live at the Bonsoir, is it, 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 it enriches the experience because I was even more in the place of Barbara Streisand I mean, it's years after, it's a few, five years after, four or five years after mm -hmm. that you, but it's, you can yeah. see her, you can feel her energy, her, her, uh, uh elvish, you know, her it, presence. It, yeah. Her presence. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the two fit together really well and really enriches the, the, the fact that, the, that for me and for uh, funny girl is entirely Barbara Streisand. It, it, it even makes it even more of an enriching experience to watch. Funny it's, girl. it's weirdly her best live album. And so the fact that it almost wasn't released is kind of surprising. This is just a Bonspar podcast, as I said. Apparently, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but because like in later years, um, the it's not that the singing wasn't interesting because it was, it was just careful mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't then. Um, and with Funny Girl, there like the, the like if you listen to the original cast recording and do the compare contrast with the film, oh, they both sound spectacular. There's like this very innate electricity that's in the cast album that's been sort of refined for the film, but you can still see it in things like My Man and in um, I'll Light Up Like a Light, Right Up Like a Light, I'll Flicker mm -hmm. Flare Up in I'm the Greatest Star. Um, there's that singing. Mm -hmm. And that's the Streisand I love. And that's why she won an Oscar for the first time out because she voted yep. for herself. Right. One of two she would win in her career. It's worth pointing well, out. Right? What a dream. Yeah. Uh, so that for Gypsy film happened. What was her os other Oscar for? The song in Star is Born. Evergreen. Evergreen with uh, Paul Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think careful is a good way to describe it. Right. You, you, so we, we've we've sort of drifted into a, a into a topic I had kind of bookmarked that I wasn't I wasn't sure we were going to get to, but what we seem to be, <laughs> which is so one thing I was struck by watching the film this time and reading some of the trivia about it is Barbara obviously has a reputation and one that we discussed on the star is born episode radio a bunch about her a reputation for being awesome well yes but also for being difficult <laughs> she has a reputation for being needing to be involved in every single part of the process and being a tough collaborator and we talked about on the star is born episode 
how much of that is earned, how much of that is deserved, how much of that is because she's a woman in, in this production, you know, air, blah, 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 all these different aspects. But one thing I was struck by watching Funny Girl is how much that is Fanny in the film. And it's not Fanny in the stage show. This whole, like, I mean, except for the moment in um, His Love Makes Me Beautiful where she, you know, she she pulls off the the pregnancy bit, which is in the show. I mean, it's in it's in the stage musical. Um, she she in the film is constantly, you know, second guessing people's song choices for her and how she wants to do things and where she wants to to, to you know, how she's going to conduct her career. She wants to be in charge of her own career. And she's right in the film. You know, Fanny is correct in her in her choices going forward. And I really wrote down is. I wonder how much of, because also another comment from uh, the film was that uh, the director, William Wyler, he who had won two Academy Awards or three Academy Awards, pardon me, for Best Directing before this, for Best Years of Our Lives, Mrs. Miniver and Ben-Hur, so no no slouch he, um, was asked if Barbara was difficult to work with, and he said he didn't think so. After all, it was the first movie she'd ever directed. And they all, by all accounts, had a wonderful relationship during the making yeah. of the movie. But it, it is like she was like that from the jump, much like Fanny is presented in the movie. And I kind of wondered how much of her reputation is born out of the fact that it's the way the character of Fanny is in the film. And she is so inexorably connected with that character and how much those like this movie sort of unintentionally reinforced this reputation that she got throughout her career of being hard to work with, but ha- and ha- but having very strict standards, having a perfectionist streak and which is fine when it works and, and not great when it doesn't obviously thoughts. Huh? I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong per se. <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah. hard question. I mean, it's just one of those like, because, you know, if you look at her filmography and, mm-hmm. you know, the movies we've talked about and the movies we're going to talk about, you know, we, we've got 16 films here and it, you know, about six of them are are pretty, get pretty bad reviews, contemporary and, and, um, and reviews now. Um, yeah. Some got pretty panned at the time you know so it's like star I mean, is born kind of ends up, up all night is like the worst yeah. up all night is her made. lowest rated movie yeah um yeah. also the main event up the sandbox i like um, the main event though up the sandbox looks interesting from the trailer to me um, weird as hell yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm excited to say uh and obviously funny lady which we talked about last year which is widely bemoaned and justifiably so and star is born ends up being kind of in a a movie that I think Roddy, you and Carrie and I sort of decided we wished it was so much better, but it was not fun to watch. Um, right. And then you move into other films like Yentl, which I think is is gained in uh, admiration, but was critically mixed at the time. Um, but but certainly was uh, loved by with Oscar nomination. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it becomes kind of a you know she it's but what I say all that to say like when she's when she's firing on all cylinders, 
it, it her her reputation doesn't matter when you have movies like what's up doc you know or way we were or right. even prince of tides mm-hmm. it it doesn't really matter like she can do kind of you know it, it works but when you get kind of more in the middling you know nuts or owl and the pussycat or all night long you know of the sandbox it, it gets kind of it, it get used as a scapegoat almost to describe sort of how she is and 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 that this is, well of course it's barbara it's it's that it's that sort of thing it just feels very <laughs> it feels very weird and i i couldn't get out, couldn't get it out of my head watching funny girl being like god i really wonder how much of this is because that's how they treat fanny in the movie and it's so odd to me that they treat fanny that way in the movie because they don't treat her that way in the stage show obviously with the exception of her big swing in his love makes me beautiful uh, right which is a great joke works so well on stage and in and in the movie um mm-hmm. is just absolutely her her deadpan you know serious expression coming down those steps to that profile shot is just beautiful absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> so well done um and my first big moment of loving Kay Medford in this movie, which I had several, mm-hmm. but when I like the fact that in that the audience, Kay Medford's the only one who doesn't think this is a good idea. <laughs> Wait, that's the first time you fell in love with her in the no, film? In the film? Because, yeah. yes. Yeah. Because when she recites <laughs> her lyrics, <laughs> no, no, the uh, the telegram mm. and and that's the yeah, that was like it. the yes. pledge of legion. Yeah, yes, yeah, that is yes. I did <laughs> write that on. up here. Yeah, K. Medford reciting the telegram is a mood. Yes, See I, yeah. by heart, like the pledge of legion. That is that is. <laughs> that was really really good. She's Dish so it good in the sampler. Movie. She's so good in this movie, K. Medford, and nominated for an Oscar for her performance, and is just electric in this whole film i absolutely love her in this movie so so much and she does a really a good job of um balancing though with with barbara as well i think that they well, are you know having done she the did it on show. broadway right yeah 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 and i and think she- that's what makes it so that's the other thing that, that i wanted to bring into this conversation was the fact that barbara had done this out of town on broadway and then for like a couple months in London before mm-hmm. she discovered she was pregnant. Um, right. So like it was in her bones, which is probably the best, the very best way she could make her screen debut. Mm-hmm. And it, but it is interesting that Kay Medford's the only one, the only other person who came over from the show. Well, they weren't going to bring Sydney Chaplin over. So I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I, yeah. I yeah I I didn't realize that she and and he and Barbara had a liaison during the uh during the oh, show. Oh, Barbara loves to bang the leaning man. Yeah, I didn't realize it was quite. Th- I knew she had a thing with um with uh, Noom Khartoum and Omar Sharif, but I didn't realize that uh, <laughs> she. <laughs> uh, it, it's with literally all of them. Chris yeah, Christopherson and she right. Chris Christopherson, <laughs> uh, Ryan, what's his name? Like uh, all of them. Oh yeah, it's she just gets around she does and you know god bless she's having a jeff bridges i don't know about jeff bridges that's a good question probably i think in later years it was just josh brolin and she's fine and she's but like you mean james (laughs) james oh not she's the stepmother of josh yes y'all it is christmas time in the city it is i'm exhausted it is uh forgive me uh no but who's to say she 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 got around 
Yeah, I mean, and was married and being married to Elliot Gould the whole time. It seems, uh, and like nearly started a war. Right? Did oh, you see? Did you know that, Roddy? So no. during the Egyptian-Israeli war, the instructions, the six days. Oh, I did. Know, yeah, I do know this. Yeah, yeah, broke out during during production. And uh, <laughs> explain yourself, as Sharon says um, in the chat. And uh, there was a lot of pressure to fire Omar Sharif from the movie. Um, yeah. Because he's Egyptian. And yeah. uh Weiler refused, Ray Stark refused, and ultimately it was but it was Barbara ultimately who sort of put her foot down and said, Stop asking. <laughs> We're not gonna fire. Well, I think the, the Egyptians weren't thrilled about it either, right? Like that well, nobody they, was. Yeah. The Egyptians became on when, when there was a publicity still released of Omar Sharif kissing Barbara Streisand. That yeah. was the then Egypt the Egyptians got into an uproar and wanted his citizenship revoked and all kinds of yeah. like Man, it yeah, I don't know. Seems pretty wild, uh, for want of a better word. Um, Tough situation. It does. It's you know, it's complicated. But but Comerheads, I guess, prevailed. I don't know. Um, he 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 he's, he lived to be a ripe old age. So I I think it was you know, all it, it all worked out. I guess I don't know to be honest. Uh, there's a lot. I I was watch going so going through it though this time like for the for the 30th time or for the dozen dozenth time was the i i was really trying to follow some of the side plots in the movie with uh specifically georgia james my favorite oh. side character in this movie cut cut, cut. yeah yep. cut but i but i really spent a lot of it going like what would the larger part have been <laughs> that was my big question with uh she... and francis as georgia james I think she was having an affair with Ziegfeld or something like that. Is that what it is? I believe so. Like it got cut because anything that wasn't Barbara was like, gotta go. Well, then she comes the, the moment that actually the whole sequence in this movie that like I got kind of confounded by for a second in like, in a, I just got a little obsessed with was they, they pull into Baltimore on the train Mm-hmm. And all all the 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 Follies women get off, and sure. you know the reporter says, "Are you the Follies girls?" And they say, "You can't tell," which is a nice little little bit. And they're going to take everybody's picture, and then Georgia James almost falls off the train wearing nothing but a like a blanket. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and I really was sitting there being like, "Okay, that's interesting. I wonder what the the front and back end of that sequence was that got trimmed <laughs> off." Al- alcoholism is that what it is that she was yeah her character was falling into alcoholism because she was being upstaged by this newcomer and she's this gorgeous thing is that what it was Mm -hmm. because that's what so i I thought i really yeah yeah sarah said i thought she was hung over i thought it was it was was, clearly she was she was under under the weather but whose weather yeah exactly she was she put (laughs) she put herself there um And then, yeah, so they all line up for a big group photograph and then they take, they spend several minutes taking Fanny's picture, which, and that's when I was like, oh, I see. She's supposed to be, they're supposed to be rivals. That's, I guess, what the subplot was. But then later, right before Don't Rain on My Parade, Georgia is like Fanny's defender. Right. When she's I, kind of like a mentor. Like, and, oh, she's, yeah. and she's like, she calls Ziegfeld and she for Fanny. And then she's like, when everybody's trying to yell at her to change her mind, she's like, Fanny's made up her mind. What are you going to do? Like, yeah. You know, 
So I yeah, not, it's just not, you you would agree not the wrong decision to cut that subplot from a no oh no 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 I don't want the four hour edit of, fan, of right. Funny Girl I'm not I'm not calling for that I mean it, I would like to see those scenes now maybe in in an isolation but it would I would be, just kind of well I, I would just kind of like to know what they are that's sort of where I am in like the the deleted scene for the interest of the just what was the what was the thought yeah what were we what did we think we were gonna do because it's also really interesting that anything like that was even written mm -hmm. to me when you have Barbara uh, performing eight songs. Is that, am I correct in that count? I mean, eight. yeah. And, and like back to back and doing, you know, not only the songs from the show, but doing like secondhand rose and I'd rather be blue and, you know, the whole swan sequence that I had, I'll be honest, completely forgotten about. Yeah. And and then adding, you know, adding the, the, the title song, uh, it was just like it weird to me that they thought they'd have enough time for anything else, frankly, mm -hmm. because right. this movie, though, it is you say it's two and a half hours long. It moves it mm -hmm. like we, we 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 don't dwell on much. We we clip along scene to scene to scene to scene to scene. And because like it's really just so much Barbara all the time, except for sometimes we're off with Betty Boop and uh, and uh, Kay Medford. But sure. yeah, playing poker for for penny stakes. Um, Why not? But I I guess I don't know. I I I have to say, May Questel kind of uh kind of grated on my nerves as this movie went on a little bit. Uh, but you know, hey, she's a supporting role. That's fine, and she was better, yeah. so that's good. And um, my God, is she funny at the top? She's yeah. funny at the top. Oh, it's yeah. always the Mrs. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's real. Yeah. Of, of Mrs. Strakosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She gets it all rolling. Uh, so funny. We do dive right into that, too. I was a little like taken aback by the fact that we go right from, you know, Fanny's in the house, which I love that opening. I really, really love the way the opening of this movie is shot mm -hmm. with her pausing, not revealing her face for a very yeah. long time. I mean, it is a real like great. And then standing in the house and sitting it sitting in the house um with that great line it's the only place i haven't it's the only place in the theater i haven't sat and but then when we flash back to to the saloon we are sort of right in the middle of that conversation there is no no setup or anything at all yep. we're just right into if a girl isn't pretty and we're off you know the, it really does move right along which is smart it's yeah. smart to set it up that uh, uh, the, some people are rooting again, act like openly rooting against her in her own home, mm -hmm. and off she goes to the theater, right? Uh, With a pile of makeup, the giant the, bucket of makeup, that oil can, whatever yeah, she's holding, <laughs> lunch pail. The makeup yeah. helps. Really. Yeah, the makeup helps. Uh, right. <laughs> um, it, right into I'm the greatest star, and that's like a great one-two punch of. Mm -hmm. excellent writing and filmmaking mm -hmm. and i like the way that it it evolves because in this in the stage show she sort of sings she sings i'm the greatest star to eddie only and then mm -hmm. sort of wears him down that he's going to practice with her and it it sort of then evolves that way but in this movie i like the fact that she ends up singing i'm the greatest star in you know movie world to nobody and he sees her and says, mm -hmm. 
you're not a, you're a, you're not a chorus girl you're a star yeah. what are you doing in the chorus? like and that was that felt much more like and that's why he takes a chance on her gives her the roller skating like number to do mm-hmm. and then pushes for her to sort of take over the show that that did feel a little bit more like okay i get this now i get this sort of meteoric rise now makes a little more sense because he sees who she really is mm-hmm. and in the musical it's a little more muddled i mean she sings cornet man which is a perfectly cromulent song but it's not like a as good a song as if a girl isn't pretty is mm-hmm. um which is a much better like turnout song for that right um, though her singing i'd rather i'm not sure about rather be blue i don't know what do you what do you feel about her singing i'd rather be blue i know it was a big uh, fanny bryce song so i guess I know yeah that's why she sings like it. It, yeah but it's also great to like actually see her on roller skates since that was the logo of the show right. and it was never yeah. used in the show. No, because they um, cut it. Yeah. So weird. But David Merrick uh, wasn't going to pay for a new logo. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I like the song. It's a and I, I use a gif of it all the time of her pulling the grace yes. back up onto her shoulder. Yeah. Um, so, uh, GIF, GIF, unclear. Uh, it's a GIF. So I like it. I have no problems with it. It's also like great singing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not the highlight of the movie for me, but I like it. Right. It that's what takes the place of Cornette Man. Right, is the skating number, and then her singing. I'd rather be blue. I guess maybe I think... that the the thing of it is that it's it's such a. I mean, it is a big like it, it, the 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 sort of choice to use a Fanny Bryce song. I guess makes makes sense but it is like kind of an odd it's a, it, it just felt kind of weirdly out of because it's the first non julie stein song we hear and mm-hmm. it felt kind of again weird to me and to, as a song choice in that moment i guess i guess they wanted to do something slow because they wanted to slow it down for for a minute after yeah. all the frenetic energy but it um, also like establishes that she can do more than just knock people down right right she's got yeah. a sense yeah and a sensitive it's side. what makes her a star right? yeah yeah that she can do both halves um, I mean, so you're as you're talking through the different scenes of it i just keep thinking of no one else but barbara could have pulled that off in a great way and how do you it, it, like how do you evaluate a piece of art like a, a film like this that is so completely dependent on the star that was not written for Barbara Streisand, right? It wasn't a piece that was made like you know, a vanity project built around her. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was independently of each other, right? Or can you, and how do you do that when it's so like ever later, ever you, I, you're talking about things. I'm like harkening back to scenes in my mind and it's all her. So how do you talk about a movie like that? Right. Where it's so dependent on the connection between her personality and the source material being intertwined together. Like maybe you could just say like, oh, it's great casting and that means great directing and that means great whatever. But like, it feels like it transcends that, which makes it really hard for me to evaluate the movie on its own merits, if that makes right. sense. I mean, in a sense, it was written for her in that Julie Stein heard her sing and started writing the score around her voice mm-hmm. and Anne Francis was a, 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 no not Anne Francis no, um, uh, 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 Anne Bancroft was the original her, yeah yes uh, after they like went to Mary Martin and Carol <laughs> Burnett 
which is when Stephen Sondheim dropped out of the project. Said maybe a Jew, right? Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, and said that like, there's no way a human can sing this, mm-hmm. and certainly not me. And dropped out, and that's like when Streisand came in. Because it was so, it was developed. So Isabel Lennart wrote a screenplay first. Yeah. And yeah. couldn't sell the movie, but they thought it might make a good stage show. So then she adapted her screenplay into a stage show, mm-hmm. which then became was, Yeah, go ahead. It was produced by Ray Stark, who right. as we we talked about on the funny lady episode, is uh uh Fanny Bryce's son-in-law. Right. Mm-hmm. And Nick Arnstein's son-in-law. Um and apparently Nick Arnstein was around a lot during like backstage during funny girl the yes, show the show yeah just looking for money right pretty much <laughs> to gamble uh, yes to but lose. that's sort of why he's whitewashed a bit because legal right uh, <laughs> oh yeah because lawsuits yeah. absolutely um but then so th- then the after Sharon asked in the chat if Isabel was connected to Fanny in some way only in that Ray Stark hired her Yes, that's why I was just looking that up to confirm that. Yeah. But yeah, that it was just it was Ray Stark hired her to write the the screenplay, um, and then just stuck with her through the whole process, which I think was, is great. Um, Liked it. Yeah. But when you say it like so, Rod, it was it was you know developed independently of Barbara. You're right, and Barbara was was written with her inspiration, but then she was cast. But the movie is certainly readapting the stage show to her talent. You know, they're they're now reworking the screenplay based on the stage show that she is a star from. So they're like, how can we what how can we make that work to our advantage? And Mm -hmm. it's as I flip through in my mind the Barbara Streisand movies that I've seen, I mean the one I've seen the most, which is a a Flynn family favorite, is What's Up Doc, um, Mm -hmm. which is a borderline perfect movie. Um I also can't imagine anyone else playing that part. And I think that that is something to do with every now and again, there is a, a role and an, and an actor that perfectly gel. And sometimes it's on a level like what's up doc, where that's a really great combination of actor and and part. And you can picture other people. Like you can imagine somebody else playing it, but it's perfect sure. that it's Barbara Streisand, but in this case, it you know it, it it's like um, you know like Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca or uh, one of those roles where you're just like if if anyone else did it, I don't know that it would be what we talk about mm-hmm. today. It mm-hmm. just so happens that the synergy. Well, weirdly, we're yeah, talking about it out. today. We are talking about it today, and I think Not we are just talk- the film. But right. like the Broadway, well, right? Production. It's happening. I mean, that's the 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 funny thing is it 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 is really, you know, the age old question about Funny Girl is did did was Funny Girl a success because of Barbara or did Barbara become a star because of Funny hey, Girl? Did she make Funny Girl? Did Funny Girl make her? I think she made Funny Girl. I, I think is I, I think there's a symbiosis there. Yeah, that it's a perfect showcase of her talent. Mm-hmm. But I think that one of the sort of things that got borne out in the recent Broadway revival is the fact that like the note, the, the review that kept saying that like, this is not a great show from a book standpoint, as, as Robbie's right. pointed out and they could rework that all they want to. It's still not structured. They certainly really tried. Good. They certainly they have tried. tried. 
And I think we can all agree Beanie Feldstein was not set up for success in that. She's not. No. And that's no. it should not be her. I <laughs> I wait, I lay awake at night sometimes about how Beanie oh, is not set up for success in that. And I, I wish the best for her in other uh 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 you know uh, other avenues. But um she'll be okay. Yeah, she'll be fine. She'll I've be heard Lady Michelle's amazing and I want to go up and see. I really mm-hmm. there's so many things I want to see, but I would I would love to see Leah Michelle and I bet she's well, like, you could spend lots of money like yeah. you s- did for Barbara Streisand. Right. Concert. And go see Leah Michelle. That's yeah. true. Or find someone else to buy the tickets. So that's the thing. Yeah. That's what you do. I yeah. agree with, with Sharon. Beanie Feldstein was thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Yes. She, she was. certainly was. I saw her twice in the show and um, there were things about it that were very good. Uh, that's what I've heard. I haven't, I didn't see it, but I heard, yeah, she's not, she's a very talented person. Yep. Like, very, but you can't sell that role. It's not, the, yeah, that's the thing. It, you got the pipes, you know, you have to have. But, all, but there's, it's more than that. It is the the sort of like, the part is so underwritten from a mm-hmm. character standpoint. You really need to be bringing yourself to it. And yourself yeah. has to gel with the part. And I think that's why Julie's doing so well on Thursdays and in when she has to cover, I think her, you know, why she got to do it for, for as long as she did. Um, but and- there was like talk of like, after Leah leaves, should Julie take over? Absolutely not. Because yeah. that's not setting her up for success right. either. It, right. It, I, don't, I don't know who would take over for it, but it, it, <clears throat> it is no. a, it, it's perfect for Leah, Michelle, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons, vocally, not yeah. least among them. Right. But also because the new album's great. Yeah. And she, she sounds great on it. She brings her. She brings Leah Michelle to that part who has an established personality that we all A understand. That we believe in. Yeah. I mean, exactly. she also did spend six years auditioning for it on national television. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. The uh, right. Yeah. In, yeah. Um. Well, and, and it's, I mean, the heart, I mean, how under, I mean, the, the idea that in this character, we're supposed to believe that she's this incredibly self-confident, ambitious performer, performing her life, performing everything she wants, but she'll give it up in a second when she meets a guy. You know what I mean? It's, sure. Not a, just any guy. Barbara sells it. No. I mean, I just Omar Sharif. That's the, I, I, the only thing I would say about the movie is I did wish I saw her turning other guys down. Yeah. Not even in a big way, but I wish I saw some stage George Johnny stuff that she just. Don't you think the whole point is the girl isn't pretty. Right. So she's never right. going to get the guy. Well, but that and then suddenly the most like, gorgeous. Yeah. But doesn't that make it seem like she, no one else wanted her. So she went with Omar. Right. Shirley. That's what and I mean. I, well, Omar. Yeah, yes. But also was, no. Yeah. Mm. Because. Not only did she land a guy, she landed Omar Sharif. Right. With and she bonded lands, teeth. Well, and she lands him right. And that hair, his hair doesn't hold up well in 4K. I will say that that that, uh, <laughs> that rug isn't quite sitting right in the, uh, in the situation. Um, but uh, he, yeah, I mean, he is. He's, and I like that in the movie, he's in from the jump. He saw he her mm-hmm. first night. He had to come backstage and say hi, but I, and I, I like, so it makes a lot of sense that she's like completely into him from, from the run, but I would like to have seen 
especially when he was away in that period, like some stage door, like there's people waiting for, to meet you at the stage, you know, and her being like something like, oh, they don't want me. They want the star. But like Nick wants me, something like that. Some kind of distinction where some, yeah, right. I didn't really love the idea that she was like literally nobody else wanted her as a sex symbol. Um, well, well that reminds me of another amazing part of Barbara's performance of the when Omar Sharif is arrested and she goes out and faces the press. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that scene is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But also, the, the other thing I think I uh, that I said early on, which is that you know Barbara's so amazing in it, so it overshadows these other amazing performances. And Omar Sharif gives an amazing yes. Oh in a man, very difficult role because he, from the moment, is appropriately and believably bowled over by her talent and her. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I feel like yeah. a lesser actor plays that as kind of like, oh, there's this new girl I want to, you know, screw yeah. her or something. Right. Like something right. from the base. But right. he plays it truly as he is taken in by her. He's not trapped into marriage with her. He is. You swept up and what like that's you know, what a, a great kind of movie love of being swept up in, in that moment. Amazingly played by Omar Sharif. Oh, yeah. I mean, the scene where she I like the fact that as a uh, as a character. Because he's very, very underwritten in the stage show. Yeah. Um, he he doesn't mind. Because I, mean, like, I, I would just put it in the chat with Sharon as we're, we're talking a little bit. It There are very interesting shades of A Star is Born in this mm-hmm. movie. Sure. With Nick Arnstein. Right. And like down to the scene where she chases him onto the boat and then the porter calls him Mr. Bryce. But that doesn't bother him. He's not affected yes. by that mm-hmm. he becomes affected later when his luck isn't turning he's lost a little respect her um her stardom is kind of getting in the way of his ability to rebound you sort of get that because he can't just slink off back to the shadows again mm-hmm. he doesn't truly become unhinged though until the scene that i think he's amazing in where he discovers that fanny has gone behind his back and tried to set him up for success and he's sort of being treated as a charity case and that's when he can't take it anymore and i really like i like the writing in that scene and i love both omar sharif and barbara like the way barbara doesn't look at him is really really active like when she's Mm -hmm. like head down intensely reading that magazine Mm -hmm. while like while he's figuring it out and she's just like i'm not gonna look up i'm not gonna look up because yeah. you're going to know the minute I do. And he just plays it very, like suddenly understands what's going on and plays it very cool and then loses his temper and then makes that terrible choice, which puts him and gets him arrested. Right. Well, loses his temper at himself. Like in a right. way that two people who are in love do, they both yes. turn in. Yes. You know, and it's because they, they can't imagine blaming the other person. Like he understands why she did that. Yeah. And you know, he doesn't blame her for being condescending or anything in the way that um, Norman Maine does in right in Star is Born. Yeah, it and I like the fact that it's preceded by the scene where, like, in, as as all good like doomed romance movies have, she has the scene with her mom beforehand, where her mom is like, "You just need to talk to him about it. Like, mm-hmm. you just talk to him, and you guys figure it out." And she doesn't do that. She right. goes scene. tries to go around it it really it gets really good and which is interesting because like the movie does lose a lot of steam for me once they get together it kind of like the the emotional high of don't rain on my parade Mm -hmm. 
And Sadie Sadie, which I think is a number that works much better in the movie than it does on stage. It kind of loses steam after that because there was a sort of moment where there's all this Nick being a bad gambler sequence where I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I need to see this, but I don't, I want to see more. I'm going to go back to where, where's Fanny. I want to see what she's doing. It really kicks it into high gear again when he gets, when he gets arrested and, and it all goes. goes and a classic up. movie thing of, they have a kid that you never see again. You know, that never is referenced once more after having the child. <laughs> like, but a- she's pretty. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's pretty. Pretty. And that's a nice. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That was a real <laughs> moment for me. I was like, God, guys. She's a baby. Of course she's pretty. Like, come on. I think it is. I think it's important to point out that Omar Sharif makes a really uh, wonderful musical debut. Mm -hmm. Having never done it before and never would do it again, except to show up for five minutes in Funny Lady. Right. It is very assured and confident, you know, for somebody who does costume drama like Ben-Hur and Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Dr. Zhivago. Yeah. Sorry, not Ben-Hur. Um, like he's excellent and also gorgeous yeah like when that door (laughs) opens and it's him he's beautiful Mm -hmm. and like movie star beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and he does the singing is great yeah he sells it he certainly sells you you are woman but he does he does sing harmony that's true he does sing harmony he really gets, I mean, but that, that scene works so well because he gets it. I mean, he mm-hmm. really understands that scene and you can tell he's having so much fun. He knows fun. his place in the story and he doesn't have a problem with that. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also knows, I think Omar Sharif is one of those actors who understood how much presence he has because mm-hmm. when he's on in the shot, you are looking at him mm-hmm. and yeah. he's really good at redirecting your attention back where it should be. I was thinking of that while I was watching people, which Mm -hmm. is a song I really do not like and doesn't do anything, you know, for the movie in terms of advancing. I agree. I was thinking I like it as a song. I don't like it in the movie. Yeah. It's it. it, And it's not great in the stage show either. I mean, it's the hit obviously, but it it doesn't do anything, but there's several shots of him watching her like where she's singing and he's in the shot watching her and mm-hmm. I was really impressed with how it's the hardest thing in the world for an actor to do, to listen, to like to sit and listen to somebody else talk actively or sing. Listen. He actively mm-hmm. listen. And he does it so well. It's so underappreciated. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm not surprised he wasn't nominated for an Oscar because it, it's not a part that's going to get you nominated. But he was, yeah. he was so good uh, in this movie. He certainly deserved, I think he deserved to be nominated for, he was, he, yeah. Be certainly better than who I'm looking at the list here right now. Jack yeah, Wilde. So it would have been supporting role. Are we gonna agree with that or would it have been leading, do you think? Mm. I mean, yeah, so, no one well, so leading was he's the lead man. male, but yeah, so it, Cliff Robertson won for Charlie, which is the movie based on Flowers for Algernon. Um oh. <laughs> also nominated Alan Arkin for The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, which I don't know. Mm-hmm. Alan Bates for The Fixer. Peter O'Toole for Lion in Winter, who probably should have won. Right, who should have won. And Ron Moody for Oliver, which is not surprising. Um, yeah. Supporting actor was Jack Albertson for The Subject Was Roses. He from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory's Grandpa Joe. Daniel Massey uh, for Star. Gene Wilder for The Producers. 
and Jack Wilde for Oliver, I guess was the art for Lodger and uh, Seymour Castle for Faces. I didn't really Seymour Castle. Who, who won Best Actor? Ch- Cliff Robertson for Charlie. Okay. The Flowers. But it should have been Peter O'Toole. It should have like, been even, Peter O'Toole. Even yeah. if Omar Sharif was in that mix, it should have been Peter O'Toole. Oh, yeah. I don't think he should have won an Oscar for it, but I certainly think he should have gotten. It's the kind of performance that he also makes it look so easy. And, mm-hmm. you know, those performances <laughs> don't get. Not, yes. <laughs> Sharon's in the chat reciting the producers. <laughs> um i'm in pain uh it is it it it, he makes it look so easy and that is it's like the jeff bridges problem it took a long time for jeff bridges to win an oscar because he just makes it look so easy and people don't think yeah he's acting sure so he played a character with like an intense accent who had to play the guitar and was an alcoholic it's like okay there's your trifecta you 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 can have an oscar now uh the 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 only performing oscars that it was nominated for were both for barbara and k performers yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and deservedly so. I mean, in mm-hmm. both, in both who won them. supporting actress that year? Ruth Gordon for Rosemary's Baby, oh, which I think well, we can all agree is pretty perfect. great. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. Oh, yeah. No notes. No notes. Yes. Yeah. Perfectly. Sorry, fine. Kate. Sorry, yeah. Kate. That's, Sorry, Kate. That's, no, that's, Kate. That's the right call. That's the right phenomenal. Thing. But Jesus Christ, like that's a that is a performance. Oh, Ruth ages. Gordon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh I my just gosh. Watch that a few weeks ago. That was really Rosemary's cool. Baby. Oh man, that movie. Oh, what an incredible movie. You what else? This is a real side note, but um it connects back a little bit um when you talked patrick about the how hard it is to listen mm-hmm. what things in my mind is um the band's visit and tony shaloub and mm-hmm. we've talked about uh um Kultum and omar sharif and the song what's the song um that katrina link sings uh is it called omar sharif, omar sharif is what that song yeah, and Tony Shalhoub listening to her sing that song across the on a, if the little table. It, yeah. Yeah. They're across that little table and he doesn't move at all. And it's, I, I saw, on, and it was arresting it, his, mm-hmm. his stillness and listening to her is amazing. And it's the confidence I feel like of some actors that they don't, or, or it could be the, a, a, a good director. I don't, or both of I don't need to do anything here and I can still deliver an amazing performance. But it's also mm-hmm. the ability not to do anything. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's so anathema to performers to not do anything. You feel like right. you should be doing something. I think but you feel the energy from them. Right. And you want to you want to give back. You want to play in that moment. And if, and if there's one thing we've learned from the crown is that doing nothing is the hardest thing. It's of the all. hardest thing. Right. It's also Game of Thrones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um but it, it is also why, uh, to tie it also to Katrina like a little bit, why I think her Bobby was less successful than others because mm-hmm. it's she's not a great listener uh, in those in those sequences. She's not a great singer either. And uh, I didn't say that. And Aww, uh, that was... <laughs> is she not? I don't I don't know. I've I've never seen her live in anything. I think for... she's I think she's great in Band's Visit. I think we can agree that score sat exactly where it needed to for, for her. Yes. Um, Oh, and no. <laughs> but she uh, but 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 the thing that makes Bobby and company such a hard part is that he spend most of the show listening and then, you know, singing mm-hmm. showstoppers, obviously, but like doesn't talk for large stretches and has to like actively watch people be right. awful to each other and take it in. And that's really hard. That's a very, very hard thing to do. And especially, I think, for uh, music theater performers who yeah. are, you know, it's good. I was <laughs> I recently got some stills uh, from a high school production of Tinkerbell that somebody sent me, my my, my show Tinkerbell. And 
it had my favorite two favorite kinds of high school acting which is two people two characters in a scene talking to each other um who are fully facing out to the audience like and not even like only half of it i love that (laughs) love that i mean that's 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 like great high school acting but it also had some people talking to each other doing like big uh you know big <laughs> nods big arms and i was like god i love that i love it i love unironically I think it's great i love the active like we're acting in this moment this is a performance and it's hard to get rid of that stuff like that stuff gets trained into you pretty early and it's hard to um, be like you know i can just sit here and be still and yeah. like, absorb and it'll work i'm not doing nothing i am helping <laughs> something that um i learned from a director caroline angel um, of an acting lesson that I use still in my daily, not daily life, but regularly is if you're listening to someone and pr- you picture like a taut rope between you and the other person. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very effective when you're in a meeting that you don't care what the person is talking about, but you want to convey to them that you, you care about them and what they're doing. Picture for people at home, if you're not in theater, if you're just in a meeting with someone and you're falling asleep, picture a taut rope between the two of you. It's very, you got to keep it. You got to keep yeah, it tight. Keep That's the thing, right? Yeah. 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 Active listening is every zoom call that you've been on that you've had your camera on for <laughs> since the pandy started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are fakely active listening. Yeah. Yeah. Except right now where I'm fully in. Oh yes. Fully invested in everything and, and, and all that's going on. Yeah. It, it's yeah i mean it, it, it is a an underappreciated skill and uh and i i want i want i want omar sharif to know that we we appreciated it but we're a little late unfortunately yeah um yeah i i just uh it it's a it's a gem and a joy this movie really really is and it was i'll tell you what was really funny so having done this podcast now for however many years we've been doing the original cast of the movies um and having recently done Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Uh, Has that come uh, out yet? I haven't heard that one. No, yet. it doesn't come out until the 27th. Mm-hmm. By the time you everyone is listening to this, it will have come out, but it has not come out at the time of this recording. Um, <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot that I was watching a good movie and I was sitting there being like, okay, like, what am I going to, what are, what are my snarky points that I'm going to be? Yes, Sharon loves Mamma Mia too. She was in the chat. I love Mamma Mia too as well. Um, but I was sitting here watching this movie being like, like we've, because we've done some wild ones here. And I was like, okay, where's, where's my, my moments to like pick it apart and be snarky with it. And, and it took me like 20 minutes to remember, oh no, right. This movie's really good. Never mind. I can just like sit and enjoy it and write down things that I think are great. And I do want to spend some time now on a moment that is truly great, which is don't rain on my parade. I really oh. like it's it's one of those sequences in a musical that is just remembered to be great. Like the helicopter shot culmination, the whole sequence is like, oh yeah, it, it's really good. But like, no, really, gang, watch Do Not Rain on My Don't Rain on My Parade. It's, it's, it's boring so to talk good. about. It's, it's boring to talk about because it's so perfect mm-hmm. in terms of an emotional, it it re it redefines catharsis. You know, it really is a surprise uh, and is belting on a mode of transportation which is yes. what she does in musicals yes she does it well we know this we want to see her do it she's running but also the journey of the roses yes that she's holding yes and how they are just slowly getting, dying yes and getting craggier and grosser because the elements are hitting them. yeah it's brilliant storytelling from mm-hmm. start to finish Ah. Uh, don't and it is, my sells, sells the reason mm-hmm. 
that she's because again it's a tough story moment of i am an ambitious i'm into performing this is my life i'm meant to be on the stage also i'm going to leave all of it to go to omar sharif but she right. sells that perfectly in the number no notes it's amazing who do you think came up with the roses do you think that was william wyler or do you think it was herbert ross who choreographed i mean i think it was and would later direct it would or was prob- it Barbara? Well, I think it was probably, I mean, the idea, so he delivers the roses to her, like she, he, he sends roses to her at the, at the train mm-hmm. station with the note that says, I, I, I love you. And that's what right. causes her to sort of go. Nuts. And it's a huge thing of roses um, yeah. mirroring the roses he sent to her on her opening night with the follies. Right. And she then I, it must have been, I, I would tend to think that'd be a William Wilder thing because, but somebody had to have the idea of like, oh, she's going to carry the roses through this journey. And somebody mm-hmm. at some point had to be like, well, if she does that, they're going to get wrecked. Yeah. And then somebody had to be like, and that's the bit. Like the bit is that she, when she gets to the boat with Armour Sharif, she's going to have three roses left and they're all going to be like completely wilted. Um, yeah. In the stage version, Sharon's asking about it in the, in the stage version. I mean, she's at the train station uh, and she decides to leave. I don't remember what the, tel- she gets a telegram from Nick. I don't remember what the bit is. And she decides to leave the tour and go join him. And she just sings the number in the train station. And it becomes one of the things I remember a lot from being in Funny Girl after having been in My Fair Lady, which is a song, My, My Fair Lady is a musical where the musical numbers for the groups are very easy to stage. Because there's a lot of logic about what's going on in the groups. The solos can get a little murky, but like it, it, there's a lot of logic in the group numbers about what's happening. In Funny Girl, there are lots of numbers where it's just sort of like, and then Fanny sings. And we kept during Don't Rain On My Parade having to invent reasons to move around the stage because it's just her singing for two and a half minutes in a train station and singing right. a great song, but there's no there's no movement in it on it from a staging standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point we all just vanish into the back. Or like the, the director says like vanish and it just became her singing a solo, which makes a lot of sense. And this is exactly what happens in the current production. And I think that's just sort of the logical progression yeah. for that song, because how many times can she re sing the same line to the same group of people over and over again? Yeah. And in the movie though, again, just like Sadie Sadie, which is a kind of a weird number on the stage show. She <laughs> running like this journey of this song makes so much sense that she's charging her way. And then she's like you say, encountering obstacles. She misses the boat and she finds a tugboat and she's going to take it through the harbor. I mean, it's just this, like it so fits her character to do like the relentless, dumb, weird, dangerous thing to get where she wants to go. And I love it. And then you also have to really admire that shot, that very famous and and often parodied, but beautiful shot, swinging that helicopter around in front of her on the tugboat and staying far enough away that it's not going to blow her hat off, but staying close enough that we can actually get a steady shot. I mean, I have to remind people like that they did that without like they had all the only person looking at that was whoever had their eye in the viewfinder. They didn't know if they had it until, you know, probably the next day when the film was developed. So like, that's a real, that's a really impressive shot. And it, the fact that it, the, the lip sync lines up and all that, Mm -hmm. oh man, it's just a miracle that that shot works. 
And it's- she's kind of, a, oh, that is something to say mm. because this is her first movie musical. Mm-hmm. She's an expert lip sync mm. person. And, and the I- only time you really see the lip sync is in My Man when the second, when it goes from the live they blend to it. the front yeah. half right. into the lip sync version of it. And it's not quite aligned yeah I mean, but you can otherwise you can see it i feel like right when the sound switches over or, or mm-hmm. it's like when the vegas arrangement kicks in yeah when it becomes yeah, yeah more contemporary kind of mm-hmm. to it um and it all goes black which is still also incredibly effective gorgeous um, shot. yeah yeah and really has that that sense to it yeah she is a really good lip syncer i mean she really to her own it, it's probably there's also probably something to be said for my man since so she wanted to do the first part live that they probably couldn't play the track back on on set the same way to make it all mm-hmm. work out so that's probably why the sync doesn't quite line yeah. up um sure because how they do it if you don't know, like they're blasting that song on the set <laughs> blasting the studio recording so everybody can <laughs> sing along to it basically. yeah, yeah. um <laughs> And which is why, again, the tugboat sequence is amazing because I don't know where they were playing the song from for her to sing it. I like, I mean, obviously on the boat somewhere, but man, mm. the fact that it just kind of hits is it just takes my breath away. And yeah, she sounds, I mean, she looks great singing all those, all the songs, especially when there's little tiny bits of dialogue business in the middle, like weird, mm-hmm. like her or some speak phrasing, um, which I just think is, yeah, she's, she's really showing that she's, she's got the nitty gritty kind of down. Um, yeah, it really surprises he, me. It took her as long as she did to direct a movie. I will be like from all, all just the, the stories we've read about during this sure. production, how she was so interested in all the different aspects of the production, but it, I mean, she's only directed three films and, you know, it took her till the eighties with Yentl. Like the fact that she didn't do anything earlier than that, I think is really a shame. Frankly, was she yeah. the first woman nominated for best director, or the first—I don't think she's ever been nominated. For she best was director. not nominated for best yeah, director. I, I think that the the other thing about she was the her first woman to win a, win a Golden Globe for best director, possibly. Like, yeah, she's... that sounds more well because she's. I mean, I think that her tie at the at the Oscars, um, is sort of a sets the stage also for like how the Academy is going to treat her going forward mm-hmm. because she is widely dis I think disrespected by mm-hmm. the, the motion picture uh, yeah. Academy of arts and sciences um, despite mm-hmm. having won two Oscars. The, the, the fact that, you know, she, she is, I, I can't, I've never seen the Prince of Tides. I'm very, very interested to see it because I remember our parents going to see that Roddy. Um, and I remember when the Oscar nominations came out um, and sh- it, it, it was nominated for a bunch of stuff, but she was not her specifically her directing was not. And um, uh, I remember our mother saying that she, she didn't think she wasn't surprised because there were a lot of shots of Barbara's nails in the movie. <laughs> she thought, too many shots of Barbara's name. There are, and her legs. There's a lot of slow um, pain in Barbara's legs. Uh, but you know, it is it it is a film that received a lot of a lot of you know, was it like five, fifteen, like fifteen nominations or ten nominated a lot, ten nominations, I think, seven nominations. There we go. Um, and yeah, she sort of famously didn't get her 
share of of, yeah. of that glory. And I think that's a, you know, I think that's a, a combination of her her bad reputation and her general the general dismissiveness of her as a artist. You yeah. know, instead of just as a singer or as a as an actress, I think she just gets she does not get the respect she deserves, even though she's undeniably a star, <laughs> like, absolutely mm-hmm. a yes. star. Um, you know, it's just she she did it she did it her way, as they say, and that is not appreciated in a in a female performer, um, right? And I am very excited to dig into. So, Robbie, have you seen all of her movies? Every single one. Okay. Yeah. We're and hope- all the specials. And the whole... All gosh, of it. Man. The whole Megillah. I am really coming... I am a Barbara fan. I am really coming into this kind of... Roddy, where are you on, on that kind of kind of level? So I've seen all... I would say almost all... I've seen all of the big ones. So like Mira's Two... Uh, Prince of Tides, Mira's Two Face. Like every one mm. that is... But it's... I feel like in the 70s, I miss some. Oh, they're weird. <laughs> The wacky, weird, smaller ones. I am excited yeah. for the weird ones. I got to say. So I have seen. Me too. I'm excited to watch them along with this. Yeah. I I, I mean, yeah. I've seen Funny Girl now a couple times. But of the 12 we're going to cover this this year, I have only seen What's Up, Doc. All the way through. I've seen Hello, Dolly. Not all the way through, though. Um, really? I don't think I watched that one when I did it in high school. Um, I definitely watched the scenes that Michael Crawford was in. Cause I played Cornelius, but I didn't, uh, uh, didn't watch the rest of the movie. Um, but I'm super excited to see like on a clear day, you can see forever. Um, and, uh, and up the sandbox, which looked like wonderful early seventies, weird movies. And I'm very excited to clear day is wildly weird. Yes. I'm very, very excited to see, to see the, to see those films. Um, and we've got some of the guests already picked out. We've got uh, Chris Klemick and Casey Aaron Clark doing the main event because it's a boxer and a redhead. So we found a boxer and a redhead to be <laughs> our uh, to be our guests. Um, you get the biggest close up of her nose in that film that you ever see. <laughs> her reunition, her re- reuniting with the uh, with uh, Ryan O'Neill too, which is great. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, as I say, what I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't stress enough how many times we as a family sat down and watched What's Up, Doc. I mean, it oh, is wow. just like, I love it. it was a regular occurrence in, in our house. Um, and I think that, I, I don't know how big of a fan Roddy, our mother is of Barbara Streisand writ large. She had two Barbara Streisand albums in their LP collection. They had yeah. Barbara Jones Streisand and an er- yes. great album. Very good album. And I can't remember what the other one was. Um, might have been a greatest hits. And mm-hmm. but they definitely saw, you know, like I say, they saw Prince of Tides in the theater. They we we loved What's Up Doc. I'm sure they love Funny Girl. Um, but beyond that, I don't hundred percent know. So it wasn't it wasn't like omnipresent in our house. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to talk about about what's up doc and uh what else have we got let me see who oh rob (laughs) rob schneider has reserved nuts which i am super oh i love nuts i am super excited (laughs) to see nuts i mean leslie nielsen i am in his last dramatic role and i am very excited to see to see nuts i i just that is a that poster for nuts was up in in classic video in wilmington delaware for like 10 years Wait, and and on it she just looks like the beast from that tv beauty and the beast from she, the 80s oh, she does 
it's such With an that intense hair. And, yeah. and Richard Dreyfus in the background looking very Alan Dershowitz, but kind of mid-thought. <laughs> like, it's a really, like... What's so fascinating is it's almost a stage show verbatim on film. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I am very excited. Um, um, and the font for nuts is the same as the font for cats. And that always struck me as a little weird. <laughs> um, she also hired herself to write the score for nuts because she, she was like, I'm producing this. Right. Nobody can fire me. And so she did. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm very excited. Nuts is the movie I'm probably most excited to watch on this. And then the only other ones I know for sure with guests at the moment. Oh, we're doing um, Mirror Has Two Faces. January will be Zach Raffio and Haley Jane Rose from, um, from Broadway Beat, which is going to be very exciting. And then Great. the only one we know we're doing for certain, uh, because we, we we booked it in the restaurant, is uh, Robbie and uh, his husband, Len, will be back yep. next December for The Way mm-hmm. We Were. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping to do that live in Queens. We're going to figure that out somehow, I hope. Oh, uh, just do I'm, it here. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping to be up Amazing. there. I'm hoping we can do it because, well, because Len said yeah. I have to come over and watch it. So oh, make pasta. Instantaneous reaction right. was, you're coming over because I'd never seen it. And he's he's all Sick. on board. Um, Roddy, you failed your brother. Why? <laughs> what I do? Well, no, because this is this is the problem. He's with, never seen the way we were. This is Come the on. problem with well, do so, better. Well, because our <laughs> our <laughs> it's not your fault. No, because you are the no, guy. This is I'm, but I'm the older brother. I'm older does. by five yeah. years. By the time Roddy was discovering these things, I was married and and living right. elsewhere. <laughs> like it wasn't. <laughs> I I introduced Roddy to a lot of culture, and and yeah. Roddy. Uh, you know, he was, you. he was there. Right. Um, I introduced you to Marcona nuts. You know, that's that sort of like oh. <laughs> I, I like Patrick. I've got these almonds. Like, are you? Yeah, okay? you want to check this out? Right. <laughs> that was great. The man. I mean, he makes a mean charcuterie board. Exactly. I, I, I want to say yeah, here. It's my country. Oh, and, I do. And, oh. and you know, I'm sure you do too. But I was, yeah. Um, yeah, he he introduces me to cheeses. I introduce him to cocktails. It's a real, you know, there's a there's a symbiosis there. But no, Roddy, <laughs> I was not around to be educated in the in the in the ways of the world. Um, sure. So yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a year, gang. Talking about Barbara Streisand and all of her amazing wonderfulness. You can find most of these streaming. Yeah, um, all, all I think I was searching through when you sent the list around because yeah. I wanted to be sure to watch all of them as you really and I think you can stream all of them, right? Streisand. The oh, only one, the only one that you cannot stream is um, Up All Night. Really? Which is the worst? You mean All Night Long? All Night Long. All Sorry, night Long. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. A, a terrible movie, but she made it so that she could get Yentl financed. Oh. So that makes a lot of sense. Guys, I know nothing about Barbara Jones Streisand. Um, <laughs> wait, so let's go back to Funny Girl. Oh, sure, quick. sure, sure, sure. What, what would you recommend this to people? Oh, yeah. To yes! your viewers. What, what, what oh, are you yeah, yeah, asking? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> what's your favorite number in the film? We'll go to Patrick. Fun thing about having you guys on is that you're not afraid to host. Um, nope. <laughs> what is my favorite number? Uh, I'll go. It's um, yeah, yeah. I'm the greatest star because it. I wouldn't say it's my greatest. If I'm listening to the record, like the album, 
Mm-hmm. In the context of the movie, it's what pulls you in and it, it kicks off the sense that you're not going to notice that two and a half hours have gone by by the time it's over. Right. It's the propulsive jet fuel that pushes you into everything else that's going on. So that's what I would say. I have a ironic enjoyment of his love makes me beautiful because of the spoken word bride section in the middle um mm. which is not in the stage show and i always forget it's there and then when they start doing it it, it reminds me of greece too in a, in a wonderful the way springtime bride. Right. The spoken word bride section in the middle of yentl i mean that, that's yeah a oh right. <laughs> that's a lot it's, it's, it's a theme but it, it has to be don't rain on my parade i i, I think yeah. don't rain on my parade is yeah. the best song in the show um it her but it's it's also because more than that and more than even the way it's shot i've heard um people sing that song and nobody sings that song like barbara does it is down to her phrasing i mean she the way she sings i'm lit up like a light bright up like a light is it sounds like a small thing but like if you look at the way that's written or you sing it the way it's written it's not as good as the way she does it. She mm-hmm. she has she finds the more interesting way to sing that phrase and make it something better. And well, yeah. yeah, and I think she's in that great way. She's ruined the song for anyone else who tries to sing it. Oh, 100 percent ruined. It. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Well, uh, oh, my favorite. Uh, it's um, my man. There's something mm-hmm. so stunning mm-hmm. and striking. Yeah. And that one cheer that rolls down her cheek. And then because it's literally just her face and those diamond teardrop uh, earrings. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's so stunning. What do you guys think of the song that was written for the film? The title. Song? Funny girl. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, not. Uh, no. Not a highlight no. Of, but I'll take it. You know, I'll take it in the scope of what's happening. I like I, I will say. The way they craft that moment in the screenplay, the, uh, that song needs to be there. They need yeah. they they build that scene exactly right to be like this has to end in a song, mm. and so I appreciated that. But the song is very, bleh. yeah. I don't, and I don't know if you're familiar with the windmills of my mind that won best song at the Oscars that year. Of over it, I am. Uh, it is a it is a journey. Um, was Funny Girl nominated for Best Song? It was, yeah. It was nominated for Best Song. Um, and it's now part of the canon because it's is it dropped it, into every Is it in the, the stage show? show? That's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, but so you were Eddie Ryan. I was we Eddie We didn't Ryan, even yes. talk about how Eddie only vaguely exists in the show. Yes, very disappointing. Or in the film versus yeah. the show. Versus the show. I mean, he's the he's the... He's got two two songs in the stage show, you know, one in each act with because he's kind of a double act with uh, with uh, Mrs. Bryce in mm-hmm. the stage show. Mm-hmm. And it's a great part. I mean, it is like Eddie, Eddie Ryan is a really fun role and also was the only Tony nomination the revival got, of course, famously. Right. Um, and you can see tap. why. Yeah, that's it's mm-hmm. if you can dance, which I could not do. That's that's uh that's a and still can't. That's that's a real, real fun part. But you sing two great songs that are not in the in the in the movie. Um well, one great song and a fine song. Uh uh Who Taught Her Everything is a great song, and Find Yourself a Man is a 
perfectly acceptable music theater moment. Um, but yeah, he's barely in the movie. I wish he was in the movie more. And then, as I said, when we talked about Funny Lady, I wish he was in Funny Lady as Rod- the Rodney McDowell part. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. Keep- so weird. No respect for but Eddie. He's set Ryan. up to be a big part of the movie. Like in the, yeah. just, the first twenty minutes, you'd expect him to be a right. He becomes a fixture on Henry Street, which by the I didn't realize I so I didn't realize there were two Henry Streets and nobody knows which one were this is this they're supposed to be referring to. Oh there's, there's a Henry Street on the Lower East Side. Um yeah. and there's a Henry but Street in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn, right? Okay, I yeah. thought so. Um but I sort of did a quick Google to be like, oh, maybe this is really like where she grew up. No, not at all. They just they it's the you know. Brooklyn Henry Street. Yeah. Because Henry yeah. Street's another big song in the in the stage show that they just put the Huge. scoring in for. Um, yeah, it doesn't need to be in the film. No, not at all. Though I do love when she gets a telegram. They do that great movie thing where she gets the telegram and like it draws a crowd. And in the crowd, when she gets to the saloon, included in the crowd is a guy who is in the process of being shaved at a barbershop. And he's got the cape mm-hmm. on and half oh. of it shaved and the other half's there. I love stuff like that in a movie. It's like it's yeah. never going to happen in real life. But in the movie, it's like, I mean, that guy, he he stopped his shave to check out right. this telegram. Um, but hey, you know, movies, they're so much fun. Can I return to something? Sure. We're running over time and I don't want to pull. No, you're fine. Patrick, you said earlier you were watching Mamma Mia 2 and yes. you were watching it and thinking like, okay, what can I be snarky about? What can I like pick apart what you're, or, you know, versus just sort of sitting back and enjoying what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to the movie Judy. And oh, no, no, hang on. We're not going to relitigate Judy. <laughs> Roddy texted me after the Judy episode of the original cast, of the movies dropped in November. The text only said you were so mean to Judy. And I thought, because he's my brother, that he meant a real person that I had been mean to. <laughs> and then it took me a minute to realize, oh, he means the movie Judy that we just did on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was mean to Judy. You were horribly mean. To I Judy. was not mean to Judy. You were because the other two guests kind of liked it. And then after yeah. you trashed it so much, they didn't like it anymore. No, no, anyway, no, no. You everyone representing at home. Well, you're going to have to subscribe to Patreon to find out. You're going to have to judge for yourself. You're going to have to subscribe to Patreon and get access to that and listen to me and Michael Finke and Sarah and Sophie Schulman talk about Judy and how we really just thought the whole movie should have been that scene where she goes off with the the gay couple and has dinner in their apartment, which is all I want. That's the White Lotus season two. (laughs) Oh my. Okay. Now now that would have been amazing if Judy Garland had screamed out during it, these gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> these gays are trying to kill me. <laughs> I I did you gay. see did you see the SNL sketch? The the um No, I haven't yet. But uh what's her name? I'm sorry. I've been to- No, no, what's the from White Who's Lotus. doing Jennifer Coolidge? Oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's perfectly fine. No. But if you've ever seen Grace Ackie on TikTok do Jennifer Coolidge, no. doesn't even hold a candle. Doesn't even hold a candle uh, to that impression. <laughs> so, like, don't even, don't even, don't sweat it. I was so distracted by like, well, I've seen a better impression done this of of her. Anyway, no. Anything else on Live at the Bonsoir, Roddy? Before we, before we, no. Jump? no? I think it's it. 
Um, excellent. excellent. Now, do I have anything else on Judy? Yes, I do. Thank you for asking. You know, so I much. think it's rare that we have a portrait of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a thousand percent going to mute your microphone. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah, so that. Thank you very much uh, for listening to the original cast of the movies and for all this wonderful uh, uh, discussion about Barbara Streisand that we're going to be having over the next year. I'm very excited to go on this journey. <laughs> Because uh, I don't know, and uh, I'm excited to to find out um, what I think of the career of Miss Barbara Jones Streisand. And uh, hang on, I'm waiting to see if Sharon corrected my pronunciation again. She did, yes, Streisand, 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 like Streisand. sand on a beach, like sand, right? Like uh, what's it? Licorice pizza. That's a pretty good joke on licorice pizza. Um, so, but well, thank you. Uh, well, hang now. That's <laughs> we're not talking about that anyway. Uh, but thank you, Robbie Rizell. What a dream, what a joy, what a blessing. Roddy, I'm very upset that you've listened to my live album and don't consider it as good as Live at the Bonsoir. But that's fine. Dif- well, different different goals, I think, would be the, the answer. The way Roddy oh, that's a fair reading. The- that's, a, that's fair. That's a fair thing to say. <laughs> I, uh, but I do love your, your album, Robbie, and I, have, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> stop talking. Right? That's it. Now walk away. <laughs> the man is a professional. He will continue to cut you down. And uh, <laughs> very good at it. Yeah, it's very good. Just absolutely. He's a pro. And thank you, Roddy, for, for I hope I hope you feel somewhat vindicated. Um, and look for Roddy to return. So Robbie will be back for the way we were, at least, if not more. Uh, and Roddy will be back for um, what's up, Doc? Because how could oh, we? Talk about oh, it? wonderful. Yes. Because uh, how could well, we not? Right? It 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 just it seems it seems unfair. And listen, happy I'll holidays. talk about any Barbara you want. So I, all day. Just, yeah, yeah. We'll, Very we'll, good. We'll see. It. We'll see if I can't get a, a, a another guest for all night long, and then we'll just see, we'll see. We'll, ah. we'll test that theory. Um, and uh, remember that if you want to listen to more of this, you have to become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash original cast pod and join, and you get access to the original cast at the movies. We have done. How many episodes? 62 episodes of this podcast. And it's my age. It's uh just, you know, <laughs> we we're honing in. We're fi- I think we're finally figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like it, it's sort of coming into its own. Um and we are uh you know, been doing it for five years. This will be the sixth year upcoming. You get access to all that. If you join at the three dollar level, you can come to one of these recordings like Sharon did and join in the chat and have yourself heard. Um Sharon's at almost all of them. And we have a smattering of other people who show up. And then if you join at the $5 level, uh, you get all those things plus access to episodes a day early. Um, And you can listen to the original cast on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. And just imagine yourself listening on Tuesday. It's, you know, just picture it. Okay, good. So uh, please go to patreon.com slash original cast pod and become a patron. Keep listening to the original cast. Listen to the original cast of the movies. I'm Patrick Flynn. This podcast has no sign off. Doesn't it though? I thought you say I have, I can't, I have rehearsal. That's the main podcast. This podcast has no right. sign off. Yeah, I just fade out usually. You're not going to have a Streisand ending. Goodbye, gorgeous. Did I say that? Oh, is that perfect. Does no, that no, work? Okay. Great. No, no. <laughs> and as always, goodbye, gorgeous. There'll be mystery and catastrophe, but it's all in fun. You pay the money, wait and see.